Presenting by Almost Sideways. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. Are you chewing gum? Hey everybody, welcome back to Almost Sideways. My name is Adam and these are my daily notes where I have great sit-down conversations with guests as well as talk about some amazing movies that I've been watching as well. I want to try to change up the format just a tad here, especially going into 2021, uh, going into some really positive conversation as well. Uh, this episode's been a lot of fun because I have an amazing guest that I have on the show today. They are a podcast called Latinx Lens, and they are Rosa and Kat. Really excited to talk about their journey into the podcasting space as well as you, you know talking about their love for movies and stuff and their culture as well so really excited for this conversation if you guys listen to my selena uh, nostalgic review we did uh, hear at least a uh, cat on that episode as well so she uh shared her thoughts on the film selena from 1997 really thankful for that uh, but again this conversation with them are going to be a lot of fun but like I said, I love movies as well, and I don't want to just have these episodes be tied down without having a little bit of movie conversation. So there was a new film that just came out on Amazon Prime that I do want to talk about because it's one of the ones that I was super jazzed about to watch. Uh, so definitely had to uh, talk about this film, and yeah. So The Sound of Metal is directed by Darius Martyr and stars Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook. And Riz Ahmed is this drummer named Ruben, and he slowly realizes that he is losing his hearing. Hearing, And it's kind of tough because he's the drummer of this band. And uh, his girlfriend, Lou, who's Olivia Cook's character, is there and trying to help him through it. But uh, losing your hearing so abruptly and suddenly is obviously a lot of emotions behind that and you get to see the whole the whole spectrum of emotions from Ruben's character in this this film. And I know the guys are going to talk about this movie later on on their podcast as well, but I wanted to talk about this one specifically because I was really intrigued by this movie for countless re- uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, I've only saw that one image like a lot of him behind the drum kit with his bleach blonde hair tatted up and I was like, "Man, I don't know necessarily what this movie is about, but I want to know what that movie is about, you know, type of thing. And which, when I found out it was coming out this week, I was like, I can't wait to watch it. Cannot wait. And I I was blown away by the movie. I really was gripped by this one. And another reason why I really wanted to watch this was because Riz Ahmed's in it. And Riz Ahmed's been so many good things recently. Obviously, I think a lot of people know him from Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, he was good in that movie. But, however, I, I, I loved him in Nightcrawler. He was fantastic in that film. A great movie. Dan Gilroy, Jake Gyllenhaal. Great underrated movie there. And uh, also The Night Of is a fantastic series on HBO. If you haven't watched that, definitely that will uh, make you frustrated for sure. That's a great show. But Riz Ahmed had also played in another movie. I'm trying to pull it up real fast. Uh, he played in Venom. He was fine. He played in Jason Bourne. He was okay. What, uh, those movies aren't like showcasing him there's more big block block blockbuster spectacular reason i met he also played another movie i wanted to see this year called uh weathering with you he plays a voice actor in that film really wanted to watch that movie and it's an anime film and also the sister brothers which i haven't seen the sisters brothers that was from 2018 Heard good things about that movie the riz ahmed character himself ruben is very kind of you know he like i said he fills the whole body of the spectrum from emotion emotional standpoint because he's losing his hearing he wants to get back to that life with him and lou because he loved his life and he wants to get back there but he has he doesn't have what his his world changed because his hearing and i think riz ahmed 
gives in his performance just so many uh, range of emotions. You feel that for his loss, you f- he gives you a, a fearful a performance, a conflicted performance, uh, a performance of like determination in there as well, but also just a scared um, and terror in there too because he knows that he's losing everything and he has, his whole life has to change and he has to make the sacrifices and makes different things and he has to go down different roads that he can't return for. He makes mistakes in this movie and uh, man, I was really just gra- gra- um, gravitated towards his performance and he is an actor that I, I really hope he gets a nomination for best um, actor in leading role. Rizzo Med is definitely deserving. He's such a a talented raw performer that you can definitely see that in this performance here. And I know a lot of people are going to, you know, say that, you know, who knows how it's going to turn out. A lot of people want to say he might not be as deserving as I am saying, but I think this is one of the most uh, riveting performances I've seen all year. I really liked Olivia Cook in this one as Lou, uh, the girlfriend who actually is good and is accepting and wants to be there for him, but you know how the movie plays out maybe that doesn't it's not the case all the time but i i really liked this film a lot i think that the sound design in the movie alone deserves to be oscar nominated if this one doesn't get nominated for sound i would be thoroughly disappointed i thought that had some of the most intriguing ways of using sound uh, uh heightening different scenes and also uh, deafening them in a sense too uh, you know uh, it's wow it was a riveting film that i thoroughly enjoyed and this has a good shot of being my top 10 of the year. Uh, right now, I know that I'm very fluctu- I am fluctuate quite a bit on my ranking sometimes. Sometimes I get really high, then I go down on the, later on in the year, which has happened this year. Uh, so tentatively, I'm going to give this one three and a half stars. I really love this film a lot. I'm, I'm more leaning to four stars than three. I, you know, there wasn't too many things I would change at all. There's, I can't even think of it as I'm recording this, but the sound of metal, man, I... I I definitely cannot wait to watch this again because this is basically it had those because it's a drumming movie. It reminded me a rock and roll version of Whiplash in a sense because of obviously I think the drum comparison is the easiest thing, but also like wanting to just do your craft and being there. Uh, but then he, for him, he he can't he can't do it anymore, and he has to focus on his to let it go, and that's it, that's tough. It's tough when you're chasing a dream, but. I, my goodness, this is a great movie. <laughs> I, I kind of want to watch it again right now. But Sound of Metal, I, this this most likely is going to be my top 10 of the year, so just be prepared for that. Uh, but the Sound of Metal, I, I loved it. I re- really recommend it. If you have an Amazon Prime membership, definitely it's streaming for free. So what more do you, could you ask for? So Sound of Metal is what I would rec- really recommend for you to watch today. Have you guys seen it? Hit me up on Twitter, Adam Sideways, or hit our, our, our podcast website channel up at almost sideways on twitter as well uh anyway without further ado guys we're going to move into our interview sit down conversation portion of the show where i sit down with latinx lens rosa and cat and we talk movies so thank you guys and enjoy the interview this podcast i they're a part of is called latinx lens and they just started actually they're relatively new but they're they're fantastic so anyway let's introduce who the hosts are and the first one we're going to introduce is rosa rosa thank you for stopping by and tell us where we can find you on youtube and social media um oh hi uh, thank you for inviting me um yes you can find me on social media at rosa's reviews um again thank you thank you for inviting me 
Absolutely. Thank you for being, being here. And the other host of the podcast is Catherine Gonzalez. Catherine, thank you for taking it up. And where can we find you on social media? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at things cat loves and that's uh, c-a-t <laughs> uh i i will say do not spell it with a k that's what i yes do not do spell not, it. yes <laughs> yes do thank you saw, you saw that yeah someone uh yeah that's a no-no that's read a quick, the email <laughs> that's a quick mute uh mute button on twitter if you do that okay. <laughs> um so again like i'm you know, we're a podcast, but we'd, we've been a part, almost sideways movie podcast with Terry Sack and Todd have been doing this f since for like three years now. And I, I know that you guys have just started your podcast. I guess the first thing I would like to say, um, have you guys always known each other? Or when did you guys first meet to come up with this idea? Well, I, um, <laughs> I'll go, I'll do the, the meet part and then um, Rosa can do the um, idea part because it was her idea. Um, I don't, I think... It, <laughs> Time is so weird right now. So it's yeah. like, I was talking to someone, I was like, oh yeah, those few years we met ago. And then they were like, oh, we just met last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so, but I feel like I've, uh, I followed Rosa like a few years ago or like last year, I think uh, sometime. And um, I did notice she was always so active on Twitter and everything. And and I think I had messaged her like once, uh, like a bit. Um, uh, and, and then I don't know, but then um, I, I saw her, um, her tweet about starting this podcast, the Latinx Lens podcast, or it wasn't that yet, but it was like the idea of um, highlighting rep Latinx representation um, in film and TV. Um, and uh, back in, I don't know when it was, like February or March, like before pandemic time, I think, but then it was like on the brink of pandemic. Um, and yeah, and then that's when we actually started interacting. I messaged her and I was like, I wanna be a part of this and then um, it just felt like we had known each other for a long time because uh, mm -hmm. it, it was it was pretty natural, which I know for like a podcast is good. Um, you don't want to be kind of awkward. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I just remember us having so many chats because we had a lead into the first episode and just us like kind of brainstorming and everything. And those chats were so fun. Um, and it's funny because we're both like Mexican-American, but have different backgrounds. Like uh, mm -hmm. I grew up in South Texas and Russ, grew up in Los Angeles. So even though like we have a baseline of similarities, like we're still very different. So it's fun, like hearing um, how she grew up and like, you know, the food and, and different things and like, um, and living in a big city and like me coming from a very small town. Um, but we kind of, I don't know, we, we've just, uh, we've talked a lot and um, I've gotten to know her really well during this, you know, these times. And it's been, um, it's been a bright spot in during the pandemic times, starting this podcast and getting to know Rosa too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 2020 has been crazy <laughs> for sure, <laughs> but that's awesome that you were able to make that connection. Uh, I'll pass it over to Rosa. Um, you you started you put out something on Twitter, start wanting to start a podcast. Uh, what was your what, like? What was your motivation to start to do something <laughs> like that? Yes. Um, so I at the time I was taking a film class. It, it was a race and gender in in American film. So for a week, I know cats heard this story like a gazillion times. Um, sorry, cat, <laughs> a gazillion and one. Um, it's good. It's good. <laughs> and for week four, we were gonna learn about uh, Latino Hispanic representation in the film industry, um, as well as Native American and Asian American. So we're going to learn about three different demographics within one week, um, which should have been a red flag in the first place. And 
what happens is we, we're using a 500 page uh 500 page textbook um for the class and for the latino hispanic uh, uh representation there was only two pages of latino representation and contribution in hollywood and history which is almost 100 years of, ho of hollywood history only two damn pages and in reality it's a page and a half <laughs> that darn page and a half uh because the other half a page was a picture of a stereotypical latin lover who is oh, Rudolph Valentino, who's not even Latino. Um, so in reality, wow. it's just a page and a half. <laughs> so I, I was just disappointed, I was just very disappointed. I was very much looking forward to, to learning about um, what we've done in the industry and, and how they view us and how everything we've done. Um, but it was very unfortunate to just read a page and a half and then that was it. So I, I just sat there and, and just disappointed and I just tweeted out, it, it, that's when the idea came to me uh, to do a podcast solely dedicated uh, to Latinx representation and contributions in, in Hollywood. And yeah, I posted out a tweet. It was very overwhelmingly like supportive. Everybody was supporting it and they were like, yeah, we would listen to it and this and that. And that was when Catherine uh, just replied and, and she said that she'd be uh, willing to help out. And now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it just came out, out of, I guess it was a good thing that there was only a page and a half. Otherwise it would be no Latinx lens without that. So yeah, it, it comes from just the lack of history, even in film history of, of our of our uh, community. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, and I guess it's, it's a blessing in disguise. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now now we're here, and and I've yeah. been having a blast. I've learned so much. Uh, it's just doing this with Catherine has been uh, just a treat, and yeah. learning about uh, what Latinos have done and and everything. But also. I've learned a lot about myself in a philosophical way, our own biases and, and how our lack of have has um, shaped how we view ourselves and how we view others. So it's been a very, uh, it's, it's been a great learning experience overall. That's awesome. And like you all, you're, I think you just posted your 12th episode right now and you could definitely see, I, I try to catch every episode, try to catch episodes, but you know, there's so much content out there. So I try to get as much, much as yeah. I can, but it's, it's crazy. I listened to your first ed, uh, episode. I believe the first one you did was Edward James almost, at least that's yeah. one of the first ones you did mm -hmm. and seeing yeah. where you're just 12 episodes in, you can see the already progression or you're learning new things. You have different takes yeah. on. So I think that's awesome. And as somebody, um, I just started doing, you know, we've been do, almost, I was has been doing a podcast for like three years, but I just started doing this different podcasting thing uh, a couple months ago as well. And I've, I've learned that stuff is different uh, in audio form than actually in video. So it, you have to, you know, describe what you're seeing a lot more and paint that picture. And it, it's, it's tough, it's challenging and it's, it's kind of daunting mm -hmm. as well. Uh, I, I do want to go back to what you said uh, about the page and a half that is uh, pretty ridiculous because I bet that mm -hmm. book was pretty thick and, yeah. and just having a page and a half about multiple cultures that aren't really there you said Native American and Hispanic and another there was like three people all crammed into one like page and, and a half or something no no just for oh. the week we were supposed okay, to okay the week that was a little week okay my bad yeah um but yeah. no don't worry the uh, the other demographics <laughs> didn't have more than two pages either so <laughs> That, yeah, yeah, that is that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, 
well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, well, I'm happy that you guys were able to start mm -hmm. up like this, this podcast here. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're 12 episodes in. What has been one of the things that you're just amazed that you're learning about the uh, doing a, your podcast? What's like an episode that you really like? I've learned so much about like my maybe my culture or just uh, this kind of film medium in general. Uh, sorry, I'll kick it off to Kat, Kat for that. Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons why I wanted to um, uh, join, um, you know, the Lot of Next Ones podcast, like when when Rosa um, put that put out that tweet. Um, I guess, and I think she's also heard this story, but, um, it, like, I remember I, I went on like a gap year to Australia and, uh, it was about like 24 in 2014. And, um, I, I remember think like up until that point, I think I had always associated myself as like Mexican, like, because I grew up in a region in South Texas where it's primarily, um, Hispanic, or we would say Hispanic when I was growing up, and now I know that's like different and like there's different stuff, but uh, I think primarily like Mexican American and all that. But, uh, and my my school was like 99.9% .9 like people like me. And, um, and and we would just say, oh, we're Mexican, you know, Mexican like that, whatever. And then when I went to Australia, um, I actually met Mexicans like born in Mexico. <laughs> and, um, I and, and, um, and I and I don't know what they were saying. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm Mexican too. And they were like, no, you're not like you're, you're American or you're gringo or whatever. And then I was like, and then I was like, Oh, I was like, I'm Mexican American, you know, hmm. or Chicano or whatever. And then that's when I started like, it kind of like planted the seed of, Hey, like, who am I really? And then also just being in Australia, meeting so many different cultures. Like hmm. um, I was always around the same people here in Texas, like um, in college, I gravitated towards like, I was going to do engineering, but I went off on a different path, but I was like society of Hispanic professional engineering, you know, like things like that. Like I always stayed in my little zone. Um, and I think like that, like going to Australia really forced me to like open it up. And, and, and then I wasn't, I didn't just blend in, I guess. Oh. Um, and then that sort of like made me think about who I am. And when I got back, um, I don't know, I, I kind of stopped thinking about that because I was back in Austin and everything, but um, I, I, it just continued on. And then I actually, um, my husband is Colombian. I met him in Australia. Um, we came over here. Yeah. We got married over there. We came over here. And so also with him, like he's kind of showed me a different side of like the South American experience and like mm. uh, in that aspect. And, you know, um, it's just, it's sort of just been like a lot of discovery in the last five years. And so that tweet really called out to me because I guess, um, I was just wanting to explore it because it is that sort of thing of the two identities where it's like you get pulled, like, I thought I was Mexican, but what does that really mean if you grew up in America, you know, if you're Mexican American, yeah. um, and, but then you're not, you don't feel like American enough because of everything that, you know, you, you didn't grow up in a certain way that's depicted on screen or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, uh, it, so sorry, to go back to your question, that was like a long-winded answer <laughs> in the background. No, you're, you're good, perfect. Um, but so then through all these podcast episodes, like I have been learning so much because I didn't, I usually didn't gravitate towards like Latinx uh, like stuff because I, I don't know, there's, there's stuff, I, I, I'm more like sci-fi fantasies type thing. Yeah. And, um, some of the shows that um, have been are, are like the comedy or whatever. And, um, and not that I was not seeking out that representation, but it, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I just, find myself in the mainstream, um, you know, movies and TV type stuff. But through the podcast, I've, I, I've gotten to know um, these actors or filmmakers that we've been highlighting that they have been doing things that are not just 
the stereotypical stuff that we've seen and um, uncovering that like with Raul Julia, who I only knew yeah, from the Adams fam family. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 seeing all the stuff he did and his background and his theater stuff. And I was like, oh my God, like, like I, I didn't even know like that he had done that. Um, and then also, I mean, I knew Edward James almost and he's done a lot of stuff for representation, um, but kind of dissecting it through this thing that me and Rosa are doing like Latinx Lens and seeing it a little differently and like, I guess I also had taken him for granted in a way of what he's actually done because he's been such a staple. Um, and then Robert Rodriguez as well. Like I grew up yeah. with him and I was thinking like, oh, you know, I was from Texas, he was from San Antonio. And so I was like, oh yeah, of course, Robert Rodriguez. And then I realized like, oh, it's actually like not a normal thing for him to be this, you know, like that sort of, uh, like what he's been able to do. Um, so it's just been like a lot of those little nuggets um, thinking I, I, I knew, but I, I like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. And then, um, and then we also do a section um, which was Russell's idea, which was which is I'm glad she she brought it up is doing the um, you know we review like an old film and try to find yeah. you know um, uh, like what representation was in old Hollywood um, and there's been like really good uh, movies that we've discovered um, and then some that are so so or you know they're kind of yeah. bad depictions but it just made me realize like oh there is stuff you just have to they just haven't. I guess they've gotten buried because they haven't been highlighted as much as like the other stars or whatever, but there mm -hmm. are there, they are there um, and uh, in terms of like Latinx representation. So that's been really fun to know. Like we weren't, it, there was no, it, it wasn't like there was nothing of, of, of that um, in, you know, Hollywood or whatever. It's just that it's kind of been buried and I'm glad that we're able to hopefully like, um, you know, if, if other people haven't discovered that either or didn't know about those movies, um, that they're learning as well, because I learned just as much as, um, I don't know, maybe the people are, who are listening to us are yeah. learning. Yeah, you're, Sorry, you're, that was like a long-winded answer, but. <laughs> no, perfect, that's, that's a, I, I, I like long-winded answers because it gets, there's a lot to listen to, so I, I love it. Uh, I like, I did like the, the, the Raul Julia episode too. Like I had no idea those other two movies. I just, obviously Adam's Family is the one you always know. Yeah. Um, but those other two movies, I'm like, wow, that, those are interest, uh, sound really interesting. And I put them to my my cues and hopefully we'll be able to watch them soon as well. And it's like, that's pretty awesome. When you guys are doing, I really like when you like, you you pick your your certain person actor director whoever it may be and you kind of dissect the three films that movies that we have probably haven't heard of or haven't heard for a long time you're like rediscovering mm -hmm. them through a different eye, your new eyes or fresh eyes i should say mm -hmm. and uh that's awesome because you're obviously bringing out to the because to your audience maybe who haven't even heard of that film either so kind of rediscover i saw a post today of somebody said because of your guys's podcast they're bringing a movie from Ralph julia to their podcast because because of that, that's awesome. Because they would never have known if you guys didn't do that either. So that's, mm -hmm. I give you guys huge props for. That. I think that's a fantastic thing that you guys are doing too. And yeah, that, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, and wrote, I can't remember my original question, but I'm gonna ask that to you too. <laughs> oh, I, I, I went <laughs> we go, off, I go off on a tangents. <laughs> it's okay. I re actually, I remember now. Uh, what have you learned, uh, Rosa, from your your episode uh, podcasting like, you, about your like maybe your, your culture and what has been like your favorite episode that you have done? Yeah, oh, there's been so many. Yeah. Um, they're, they're all fun. They, they're all fun in their own unique way. Um, but I do have to probably um, echo a little bit of what Catherine was saying and agree with her that that, that cultural identity and and that struggle. Of, of having to uh, choose between either being Mexican or American or it's it's 
not easy. So watching these films and then just trying to to analyze them um, through our own lens, and it, it's been um, it, it's been a, a learning a learning process. And because okay, <laughs> at the moment I'm working on, on three degrees. So one of them is Chica. One of them is also Chicano Chicano studies. So as I'm learning and I'm and I'm taking those courses as well with the film um, courses too. I'm trying to uh, balance uh, uh, and trying to learn a little bit about my own history because unfortunately um, the only history I've learned it's either through my parents either telling me whatever it is that they were telling me family stories or it's through film or media and to learn um chicano history from an academic um lens it, it's completely different so i'm learning from there trying to uh get or, or, or understand and and trying to um get whatever information i'm getting there trying to bring it to latinx lens and then also trying to apply it to my own life um so so the identity thing it's certainly one that that's been a big 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 one for me um doing the show but i think for me the most memorable one <laughs> and catherine's probably heard about the she knows that she was there <laughs> um, it, it's the the little the when we reviewed the tax collector um and just the realization of our own biases uh because that's how we we grew up we both didn't like the film um so don't go don't go to the episode and thinking that we're gonna uh, love the film and praise it we we didn't like it however we did both realize that we we as film lovers and and such we were um we had a little bias against the film um, just naturally yeah. had it. So because it, it is from East LA um, and, and it is involving like gang members and cholos and so on, we yeah. both realized that we were already coming with a negative lens. We were already coming to it uh, quite negatively. And it, it all started because I remember I was just watching Goodfellas and I texted, uh, I texted Kat about it when it ended. I'm like, I didn't like it as much. Um, and I know I'm probably gonna lose followers, but I don't care. And she's and I told her I'm like, it's very, very like misogynistic against the women. And Catherine told me, well, that's part of the culture. And I remember somebody um giving a review of the test collector saying how misogynistic it was. And I'm like, hold up, hold up. So Scorsese can make films with misogynistic culture and and doing all these um gangs and, and and not gangs but but the mafia and, and all that good stuff and they're praised and they're critically acclaimed but yeah the latinos have their their own thing because if in, in reality if you take away uh if you take away pretty much the, the skin tone at the end of the day at the bottom of the barrel you still got violence you still got family and and you still have just protection and, and so on and so yeah. territorial aspects and all that good stuff but one of them is critically acclaimed. The other one is looked upon as negatively. Why? Let's be honest, <laughs> racist, <laughs> racism. So the moment we both realized that it was like just a mind boggling moment for the both of us because it, it was just, it, it's just part of, of how we evolved, how we've evolved that lens, how the way we've been depicted on screen and it's been ingrained in our brains. Um, so it just to 
realize uh, all those little things have been very, very instrumental. And it's something that that's very, and I'm pretty sure we're going to learn a whole lot more. And I've also come to realize that as both of us, as brown uh, women of color and criticizing it and um, television and film, we come with an additional set of expectations uh, in terms of uh, Latinx content. We were either expected to love it uh, because it, it's the only little representation we have. And if we don't, we're looked upon as either traitors or, or, or whatever they want to call us. And if we love it, they, people are going to think we're, we're just saying that because they're Latinx representation. So it, it's just a, a line, fine line that we have to uh, walk through that that's quite challenging at times. But it, to be honest, every episode I've learned something new, whether it's with the creator or the artist, uh, with, the, with the content we're talking about, or even within myself, about myself. So it's been, it's been a blast. I, I've been, I've, I've liked everything we've been doing with it. And I can't wait to see what else I learned because it, it's frankly a, just a learning experience all around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, had, I haven't seen the tax collector, um, but I actually listened to your takes on i'm kind of interested to do a, a, maybe like a comparison p like watch both of the goodfellas and tax collector kind of and see like the similarities that you were speaking of and kind of see maybe like why are people come at it different differently and the way right. that you know it's uh i have to go back and listen to your the, the full episode that you guys were talking about for the, the, that film too uh yeah i'd be uh i'm definitely interested it's funny you mentioned goodfellas actually because um, the other guys actually just deep dove that film because it, it's, it is considered Scorsese's like one of his best films and one of the best films of all time as well. And I, I haven't seen it for a long time, but I just was like, Oh yeah, I really like that movie. But again, I I'm coming at it with, you know, a different perspective, unfortunately. And because you guys are relatively new at it, were you guys super nervous and uh, worried about it? About, about, I think that's a pretty, I think you guys both kind of already touched on it, but was, um, are you guys still nervous when you guys record episodes? Does it still like you still get the butterflies or anything? I'll start to kick it off to Rosa first. <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> it's always a uh, nerve wracking when when you when um, I do uh, a podcast, even if it's Latinx Lens with Cat. And yeah. I remember when we first started, I, I send um, Catherine some like pamphlets on on text messaging on text message just just telling her how how I I I sucked and how I needed to I was just repeating myself and a lot of ums and a lot of this and a lot of that and how I need to work on it and apologizing <laughs> yeah I still do that every now and then poor thing um but yeah no it, it's certainly still nerve wracking uh but. I think the more you do it, the, the more you get more comfortable with it. And um, I guess lucky for me, I, I get to be a guest on so many podcasts that I'm beginning to get the hang of it. Uh, just beginning. I've been doing this for a, for a few months and I'm just starting yeah. to get the hang of it. But even then, I, I still get nervous and, and everything. So it's, again, it's, it's a learning experience. Um, I don't think I'll ever get comfortable doing these kind of these yeah, kind of things um, because I mean, I, I'm personally very self-conscious and I'm not very comfortable in front of a camera, but the only way to get used to it and to uh, get better at it is by doing it. So, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's still, yeah, I still get nervous. <laughs> yeah. 
I still get nervous too, and I've been doing. I did YouTube for like almost like three years, so I'm just like, yeah, it's still nerve wracking. And I like, yeah. I try to record a sound of metal uh, review today for like the <laughs> intro of this episode. I had to record that thing like five times because I would stumble over like the I get the name wrong. I was like ah, and then but I have to start back over because I can't start like where I left off. I gotta start. I was like ah, I was like dang it. Or the dog was like, and then he get the dog. My dog would come in and just like distract me. I'm like, where was I? I totally. I'm like, oh, it's gone. <laughs> uh, I could get out to a cat. Do you still get nervous during the, uh, when you get recording? Yeah, I think. Um, I think. I think not so much in like the the aspect of like because I think we have a we've gotten better at just like having a flowy conversation. But I when I hear it back because I'm the one editing it. Um, I, I'll listen to stuff and I'll be like, oh, is that gonna be like taken badly? Or I don't, I don't like, like I was talking about like that whole thing. Like even now I'm thinking like, oh, what was I babbling about? Like, like I, I'm gonna like, after this conversation, I'm gonna tell um, Adam like, can you cut that out? Cause it's gonna yeah. seem like it's gonna be taken <laughs> taken wrong. Like I still have those feelings. Um, and it's so funny. Cause I guess it's just also the culture that we're in is like, we're so like, ang like we're anxious that we're gonna say something that people are gonna take as like, that's who you are. And it's, I guess I, I kind of hope that if, if you're listening to the podcast and then like you, if, if it comes off as a way, like maybe you'll give it, you'll listen to another one and then you'll be like, oh, that's it. They're just like learning as well. Like, I don't have all the answers. I'm probably going to say the wrong term sometimes. Um, I want, you know, you can correct me also cause I'm, I'm learning, but yeah, it, I remember, <laughs> I remember there was this one, uh, feedback we got about, <laughs> about, uh, like that, that some basically kind of saying like it was constructive, but it was also like a dig. It was like saying, um, oh, they're very like, I like the conversation, but they say definitely and interesting a lot, like kind of amateur stuff. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I was just like, oh, okay. And then I remember when we, we recorded, like I had got that feedback. I looked up all the synonyms of interesting and definitely and like typed them out. <laughs> And then, and then, and then I was like, and then uh, we started that, that episode after we got that feedback and I, I would like start saying like, that's, and then I would be like, oh, that's compelling. And I was like, it just didn't, it just didn't, it didn't sound like me. I'm like, I'm like, that's the way I speak. I didn't grow, you know, I, I'm, I didn't learn a big vocabulary until like later, I don't know. Um, I'm a simple, simple person. Um, and, uh, and so like, I have tried to, like, that's a goal of mine to get better. And especially when you have, like you mentioned at the beginning, like trying to describe stuff, like you can't just say great and amazing and stuff like that. Like you really do have to paint the picture. And I feel like we've both gotten better at that um, and, and trying to really sort of um, work on that kind of film speak, the general like conversation stuff. I'm like, well, this is who I am. Like, I, I, I don't, I think I tried to work on the definitely interesting, um, some like a bit and, and then I gave it up because I'm like, I, it's that's. I, and then I, I heard other people talking on other podcasts and videos, and they say like, you know, people and also like filmmakers and things. And I'm like, they say interesting and definitely too. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I do get nervous that I sound silly or maybe not as intelligent or, or whatever. But then I'm like, you know what? That's who I am. And if if people are going to judge me based off an hour of my of of you know, just like an hour of uh, my whole life. Like, I don't know, like, I'm probably yeah, don't care for that person silly. either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think I think that's also kind of comforting um, in a way. And I also, yeah. even though it's nerve wracking, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I, I've done like interviews with filmmakers and actors and things, and those always make me nervous. 
And this is sort of that same feeling. And it's also exciting because it's like, I, I feel like if it's too staged, like if we had a script or something, it wouldn't be authentic. Like when I tried changing myself with those synonyms, it didn't work. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of fun to also see the snapshot of like, um, like when I listen back to the episode, even like a few weeks later or whatever, when I'm editing, it's like, oh, I was thinking that way. Like, I don't know, it's kind of cool to kind of get that little snapshot and um, and not edit it just to fit like what the new version of what Kat thinks, because that was me two weeks ago. So yeah. I, I mean, I gotta accept it. <laughs> exactly. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> that was, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> de definitely. De definitely interesting. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, I find myself that way too. It's just uh, you get you get stuck with what you grew up with. That's just how you are. I don't think you should necessarily, you shouldn't change who you are because that's how you see different to see the world. You know, you can't. You're somebody else sees the world differently, and they can't. You know, it, it's it's just one of those things. You shouldn't change who you who you are on that stuff. But yeah, I, I get that. Like, get those constructive criticisms. You want to try to change, but it's just like ah. It's yeah. just more home. It's more homework. <laughs> it's, it's homework. Yeah. Uh, for us, there's like four different people on like on episodes every once in a while. Like the best of the year episode coming up soon. Like we'll have four people, and all four of us could have the same movie in our top ten, but we'll all explain it differently or have, get different things out of it. And one of them is like uh, one of our guys. He actually studied under oh, I'm gonna forget his name, but he's uh, one of the the writers of Black Klansman. He actually was like he was the uh, the teacher's assistants for his class. So um, I was like, so he, some of us has like like film background and some of us is like our watches so many more movies than a lot of us do. And it, it's, it's just fun. We all have different perspectives and we're all unique that way as well. So yeah. um, I, I will move into kind of, you both have said you got to uh, this feel like I've uh, got film degrees too. You went for school to, uh, for film. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. And yeah. Russell's working on it. Yeah. Working on it. That's awesome. Right. Um, uh, what uh, did, what made you decide to go for a degree in film? Uh, uh, me? Or Russell? We'll go with Rosa first. What, uh, okay. Because you're just now starting off. How is how is it going? And then um, what made you decide to go and go that route? Yeah, um, it's going good. Uh, <laughs> uh, so far, so good. I'm uh, doing okay. I'm surviving. Everything's good. Uh, but... Because I, I just started writing reviews just randomly. Um, it, it just randomly started with uh, listening to, to uh, a, a YouTube channel on a daily basis. And then before I knew it, I was going to the movie theater weekly, every weekend, and trying to get um, catch up on, on newly released films. So I figured, if, I think it was Wonder Woman when uh, I, I just decided to go for it and start doing this and taking it seriously. And yeah. not, not that anybody else would not take it seriously, but if I, and this is just me, if I wanted to take it seriously due to my lack of knowledge in, in film history, then I figured I had to get a degree and learn learn about it and, and get um, acquainted with uh, film terminology and, and all that good stuff. So yeah, I just decided to go for it and, and get my degree. I'm still working on it. It's going well. And um, 
actually I had to change schools because uh, <laughs> uh, the, the first school I was going, I'm doing everything online. Um, uh, the first school I was going to, they didn't have a, a class. I, I, somebody had told me that there was a class for, for that focused on Latino, <laughs> on Latino um, filmmakers and such. So uh, the school I was currently going, attending, didn't have it. So I had to search around, uh, finally found it. And now I transferred. So now I'm doing this all, um, not all over again. I was able to transfer. Okay. Oh, and okay. I thought, and I'm, I'm taking a class if it's um yeah just latinos and primarily just directors and and I, we we we've gone into with Alfonso Cuaron and Iñárritu del Toro um some brazilian films and and argentinian films as well so it's been perhaps my favorite class <laughs> <That's> <laughs> of course awesome. it would be um but it, it's been good it's been going well and i i just decided to take it because I, I'm aware that, that, that I'm coming at this uh, very, I don't have the experience all the critics and reviewers have. I don't even consider myself a critic. I just always say I'm a reviewer because uh, there, there's critics out there who, who do um, criticize the film and, and they, they are far superior writers than I am um, that I will ever be. <laughs> and yeah. so, so in that sense, it, I think I, I, for me, it's just for me, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> don't, don't quote me wrong or anything like this. But to me, I knowledge and I want to learn more. I want to know more. I want to know more about history and I want to know more about filmmaking and so on. And why not? Maybe maybe in the future I'll, I'll make a film or something. But at the moment, it's just me wanting to know. And, and hopefully that would help me with, with my reviews. And I can um, be able to um, elaborate with my reviews. Why do I connect with films and, and so on and so forth. So, um, I mean... It's kind of working, right? I got the yeah. <laughs> right into my certification, so I must be doing something right. That's awesome. <laughs> Showing your love for passion, just want more of that, more knowledge. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like, I got to commend you for that. I, that's something I wish I would have, uh, I would have been able to do, go to film school or just be able to get that, that again, the knowledge of it as well. Uh, I will also pass it over to Kat. What made you decide to go to get a degree in film? Yeah. Um, Russell's already heard this one too. Um, uh, I'll try to do it, but it always changes a little bit because, like, obviously, I'm not a, the best uh, speaker. But um, so yeah, let me. I'll do it. So what she did. <laughs> Next time we should just do that. We'll tell each other. Right, we'll just tell each other. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll do the short version. Um, I've always loved movies, and I think it stemmed from like my parents were kind of strict, and um, and we didn't get to go do a lot of stuff. Like we didn't go on a lot of trips and things. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, stayed home. I was the youngest of four. Um, I had older brothers. So like we were, we were, and, and also before there was uh, streaming and everything, you had to go to the video store um, and get, you know, or you would have to like wait for it on TV, you know, when they were going to show like Walker, Texas Ranger or something. Um, or, uh, or like when we did have cable, like on and off, uh, we would beg our parents to like buy the pay-per-view um, of like, you know, Air Force One or whatever. Um, so I, I just remember, yeah, yeah, I still remember like, cause my mom loves Harrison Ford. And so like, she, she was like, okay, we'll pay six bucks for that. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I just remember like it always being something we did in that sense, like, but, and then, but we didn't really didn't go to the theater. I remember always seeing like the videos, you know, like the previews of like, this is coming to theaters. And I was like, oh, we're never going to do that. Like, um, I would have to like wait for it the next, you know, the two years when it came out or whatever. Um, but then I got really into it, like as a teenager when Lord of the Rings came out, um, and I got obsessed and I like read the books. I like, you know, um, I 
when the DVDs came out for the first one, I was like watching all the special features, um, extended editions. Like um, I would annoy all my classmates with how much I love Lord of the Rings. Um, and then I started watching, I would just go to the section of like Academy Award winning films, like at the video store and like started watching all of those. Um, and then my mom and me, um, we would we would go, um, we started going to the theater every like weekend when I was in high school for like the four years that I was there um, before I left to college. Mm. Um, and I really wanted to do special effects because <laughs> um, wow. I loved that sort of thing. And, um, but I don't know, I just, it was just kind of a kid from the back. I don't know, I didn't know how to do that. Um, and, um, and so then I went down like a practical path to engineering um, and did like two years of electrical engineering at UT Texas Longhorns. And then I just took a film class like as elective and then um, as an elective and I was like, oh my God, like I love this, you know? And, and, and um, I, even though I do like love math and science, I was like, it just, I didn't see myself doing that. And I switched over and um, yeah, finished, finished off. I went to like, did a semester in LA, um, thought I would move to LA, but I didn't. And then of course, as many people who are like film graduates, I I also realized during that time that I didn't like being behind the scenes as much as I thought I would in terms of like, it kind of ruined the experience of movies for me a bit. And that that's when I started shifting towards like talking about movies and I wrote for a few sites in college. Um, and, um, but then I had to go down a practical path, um, you know, to find a job and everything. But I found my way back now. Um, yeah. uh, when, I, when I joined um, like Shuffle Online like five years ago and I started writing about film. Yeah, I just, I've always loved movies. I think it's always just been an escape. Um, and uh, Rosa, because uh, you've you started doing so many more reviews and such, and obviously you have a, a, a really good following with your Rosa reviews, uh, Twitter and, and stuff, um, so active. Um, you're able to go to like different uh, film festivals. How has that bit experience been for you? Um, <laughs> it's been it's been weird, and in, in, in the sense that majority of the film festivals I've had the opportunity to cover, they've all been vir virtual. Um, okay. with, with with the exception of the first festival I've ever attended, which was Sundance for the beginning of this year, uh, which was pre COVID, <laughs> and that was fun. Uh, that that was just such a, an an unforgettable. Uh, just it was just unforgettable altogether. I, I got the chance to to go to um to go to uh, Salt Lake City and and just meet with other film critics and and it was I met some people that I just um follow on on Twitter people I'm I'm very much um in contact with and and that was fun and just the the the, the hype and and the festival energy that, that that they always have over there was it was quite it was just again an unforgettable experience um but i mean i'm i'm a, I'm a cali girl uh, los angeles born and raised been here my whole life uh but that weather killed me i hate it that <laughs> weather i hate the coldness especially that no uh so but you know what overall it was just a great experience um covering it virtually though has been certainly very different um because although it does appear that that yeah you can do it at the comfort of your home you can watch the movies yeah. whenever you please and blah 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 uh but when you when i 
in my case, I have a full-time job and I have four kids and a chihuahua and a husband. Uh, it, it's not as easy <laughs> to sit around at home and, and watch a, a movie and, and just take notes and, and so on and so forth. Unless it's they're sleeping, then I can do whatever I want. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been virtual festivals have been quite challenging, uh, but I've enjoyed it. Uh, overall, it's been a great experience. Um, it's been quite, it's thrilling to, to watch a movie before anybody else. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's cool. I, I liked it. I very much enjoyed it. But yeah, Sundance is certainly the highlight of the year yeah, in terms of uh, festival. <laughs> that's, uh, you guys have mentioned two things I'm extremely jealous of. Like, I want to be able to have the opportunity to go to different festivals as well. Sundance, obviously, it's not, I'm in Washington, so it's not too far away. I would love to be able to go there one time. And um, also, Kat, you've said that you've been able to interview filmmakers and actors and stuff too. That's eventually, I would love to be able to do that too. But I'm, I'm perfectly fine with interviewing different creators and getting how they, they start their journeys <laughs> off as well too. So, you're you guys are you guys are just you're my rock stars as well. So, <laughs> it's good. Um, it's good practice. It's good practice. <laughs> exactly. That is true. Don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> well, no, I've, I've, I've embarrassed myself plenty with like that. And I think, you know what, I think it's so funny because as being someone who's shy, like, you know, I, I was shy or I guess I still am in a way. Um, but that really helps you kind of break out of um, like your, for better or worse, like, you know, like some actors and filmmakers are like not the best like and then you're just like oh my god like this is like crashing and burning and then sometimes you have like really good conversations and you're like oh, okay like it's it's cool um so it's 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 fun like just on a human level of like what what you're gonna get i think it's good practice so you're doing good i think this this will definitely help <laughs> i appreciate it thank you it's it's been very fun because I've reached out to people I've never actually interacted with before, like or other than Twitter. But that's Twitter, and <laughs> you could be anybody on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, in a sense. and um, we could I, have been robots. I've, I've reached out. <laughs> yeah, I know. I um no. Uh, <laughs> I've reached out to people. I'm just like, hey, can I interview you? And like Kristen Maldonado, I've had like very like small interactions with her, but I was able to reach out to her, and she's like, yeah, let's have on. I had a fun conversation with her, and then couple people from the United Kingdom who are video game creators. I was able to interview them and I kind of fanboyed out a little bit, a lot with them. And it's like, yeah, so yeah, this is really awesome. Uh, this is definitely pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but but I, I was just like, it's, it's been fun just like meeting different people from different backgrounds and talking to them as well. So that it's, it's just fun. I, I just like, I love talking. I'm just like, I, I, yeah, talking is my favorite. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I know we're kind of getting up on time. I don't want to take too much, but I want to talk about the 2020 movies because you guys were able to maybe see some stuff that we haven't had chance to. Heck, there might be movies out there that you have seen. If we could do a like, let's just say a, a rough like five, like five, three to five films or something that movies that have really like spoken to you this year. They don't have to be actually the best films in your top ten or anything like that, but just movies that have really spoken to you. And maybe we can just go around the horn, maybe so we can each like have a break up, but um. I start off with Rosa. What's this, like a film that has really like kind of uh, spoken to you or has been a lot to you this year? Um, yes. So uh, my favorite film of Sundance was the 40 year old version. <laughs> um, I love that film. It's currently uh, it's it's on Netflix right now. Um, 
it, it's damn it's just a movie that i was able to relate to on a, on a personal level uh mourning the loss of a parent uh being a certain age and 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 navigating the world through through uh, the theme just being a woman uh being a woman and and just being uh, in, in the industry and being a screenwriter and and just again a gentrification at its highest yeah. at its best and to see it I think I'm more fascinated by the fact of by the fact that Rita Blank um, was the one wearing many hats. She was the director. She wrote this. She started it, and it was just phenomenal. It was, it was amazing. Amazing. I loved it. Um, I've been just championing that film since I I, I was at Sundance. So. Yeah, if, if nobody's seen the 40-year-old version, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, go watch it. It's on Netflix. But yeah, certainly it's one of my personal favorites. I think it's my, uh, it still stands on my number two of the year um, since January. So that should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, I think all four of us in our podcast, they they, they all, all reviewed that film individually. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I haven't said what I've, how I thought about that film yet. Uh, but I loved it. I, it's it's yeah. in my top ten right now as well too. I I, I really enjoy. I think I enjoyed it more than the other guys did. But I, I just something that there was something about them. I love the black how it was in black and white too. That was another aspect yeah. I really kind of I really dug. Yeah. Uh, okay, cat. Okay. What's a movie that you would uh, that has really spoken to you this year? Yeah. Um. I. I've watched a lot more TV this year, but I have watched some. I, I need to catch up on some of like um some of the movies, but there have been some that um I've. I, and I think they've like, I, I guess I just, I was watching this recently and I had to dive, dive deep into it. Um, but I'm thinking of ending things was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and I saw it again and I think I missed a lot the first time cause I was kind of like not paying attention as much as I, and with a Kaufman movie, you really do have to pay attention. Um, and so then I saw it the second time and I understood it and, um, or like not understood it, but like it really, um, it just made me love it even more from the first time. And um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of my favorite all-time movies. Um, and I just, like, I wrote down these, like, notes that made, like, it was funny because sometimes, um, especially when you're, like, on Twitter and things, I feel like your thoughts become, like, if you if you read too much about something um, from other people, you're like, well, why do I even need to watch that? Or, like, you just feel yeah. a little, like, I don't know, like, I, I don't like, like, I try to scroll through that now because I'm like, I want to have my own thoughts. And that yeah. movie was really talking about, um, like, you know, whatever you consume, like, your everything is everything and, you know, that sort of thing. And um, I I have been struggling with that just in terms of my own, like, um, I don't know, relationship with social media and everything yeah. and, and just thinking, like, um, it, it kind of spoke to me in, on that level and also different levels. Just, I think um, the way it's like a, this beautiful portrait of life and like that we're all um, like, I don't know, I guess that we all know the inevitable end, you know, we're all going to die, but, and then that we all find, you know, but then like we uh, humans like to have hope because then if you just think about the end, we would probably not want to live. I don't know. It's just, it's so crazy how like, it's like all these always like these internal things that we inherently know, but Kaufman does it in a way where like um, you just, we never really think about it because we get yeah. distracted. Just like the character in the movie, Jake, um, when, when, um, when the young woman, when she, when Lucy is like going to say something profound and like tell him a truth, he's like, Oh, you know? And it's like, I think like we do that a lot. We distract ourselves because sometimes we don't want to know 
you know, the reality of what we got to go through or whatever. And I don't know, it just made me think about his movies always make me just like ponder so many things, um, which is good. I love, that's my favorite part of movies too, is like being able to um, con like continue on the conversation. Um, and yeah, it, but it all ties in well together. I know some people are kind of confused about it, but I think like all his movies, if you watch them over again, I think they all do tie nicely together. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> Yeah, they're like onions. They have layers to them. You have to peel them back mm -hmm. and kind of look at a different every. You get spoken to them every differently every single time. I actually haven't seen that one. I'm it's on my list before I do my top ten. I need to watch that one because I, I am. I'm always been intrigued by for every reason. I just like having kids and also sometimes when I'm at home and I have to watch mo certain movies at a certain time because I know my wife isn't isn't interested in those ones. She's like, those are your boring movies. I don't, I'm not interested in those. So, uh, but uh, the movie I would mention, I actually just watched today and I, I, I just, I know I spoke about it a little bit earlier on, if you're listening to this on a podcast, um, The Sound of Metal, uh, Riz Ahmed was just wow on it. And uh, it's it it's crazy because I'm there's a lot of stuff that's going on about you know in that film about he just loses his hearing hearing all of all of a sudden just came out of nowhere and I kind of it got spoke to me more on a kind of a personal level because I um fortunately I just like this month in November I just um, I lost my dad out of nowhere it's like it just came out of nowhere and I was able it's like you can't change what happened you kind of have to just kind of kind of sit there kind of like just come think about it unfortunately so i was able to pick up on a different like think about it on a different aspect mm -hmm. but also seeing riz ahmed in that performance was just so raw and he was uh yeah he seemed very like he was fearful he was determined to like fix things and but he was also going and doing things he couldn't take back and it was just like seeing his performance was just so like this guy was phenomenal an actor from like nightcrawler and um, the night of and a lot of people know him from star wars but like this is the movie that if he doesn't get uh, like a nomination in some award circuit, it would be kind of like, what were they thinking? <laughs> like, like <laughs> did they not watch this movie? And also the sound design of that film was yeah. uh, fantastic. So uh, that's a sound of metal is something that I just, it, I haven't stopped thinking about it today. Granted, I just watched it today, but as I was like sitting there doing my little review for it, I was like, I want to watch this again. Like I just got done and not many movies do that for me. I can't just like watch a movie and then rewatch it. Like the next movie I watch is the same one, but that sound of metal is definitely one that uh, uh, I really liked a lot. So like, I kind of got whip some minor whiplash vibes in it, in it as well to me. Um, all right, Rosa, how about another yes. movie for you? Um, I'm probably going to go with a film that's going to be coming out in, in Christmas, and that is uh, Soul. <laughs> uh, uh, it's certainly oh, okay. a, a Pixar film, the newest Pixar entry uh, to the repertory. It, it's certainly a movie that at first, when I first watched it, I've seen it twice. When I first saw it, uh, it wasn't very, uh, I, I didn't consider it to be up in the level of Inside Out or Up. Or what in my, in my opinion, my favorite uh, Pixar film. Um, there's no bias, but it's Coco, um, and it, it's it's not at that level yet. Mm -hmm. it, it's one of those films that stays with you. Um, kind of similar to to I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, mm -hmm. Soul looks at uh, the meaning of life, the purpose. It, it leaves you thinking of what is passions and and your motives and and what. Um, it's just 
after seeing that movie, you will probably want to go take a walk around the around your block and just look at the sky and look at the trees and admire the trees and let the wind hit your face. And just every little aspect you can think of um, that has to do with life that reminds you uh, that you're alive, it's certainly going to just give you a different perspective and a different lens on it. Um, it's the more I talk about it, the more it's growing on me. So it's probably going to probably sneak up there. Um, but yes, th this film is certainly going to uh, make you acknowledge your five senses, your vision, your taste, your touch, your feeling, your audio, everything. And of course, it's Pixar. So make sure you have your tissue box ready. And certainly a movie I, that's gonna it's gonna meet i mean it met my expectations um i'll probably have to watch it once more just to see where it ranks but it's stayed with me since i watched it and yeah yeah certainly recommend watching it on christmas oh, oh yeah definitely gonna be one of my triple feature films on christmas yeah. uh, <laughs> i already got i already got my three picked out so it's, 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 gonna, be, it's gonna be fun times there um inside out and coco are also my two favorite pixar movies as well Yay. so yeah <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Kat, what, how about you? What's next for you? Yeah. Um, so I, I was talking about relationship with social media and, and stuff. And there was like a time where I was really busy a few months ago. Um, and I kind of was off, off of it more than on. Um, and for some reason, I started watching the Yellowstone um, series. Um, me oh. and my husband did. He doesn't really binge anything. Um, and so it was kind of a special thing and I wasn't on social, I don't know, it just felt so like we got really into Cowboys in Montana and we we're like, oh my God, we want to go there. And then like, it's so funny because a week or two later, I got a PR email from a documentary um, called Cowboys, a documentary portrait. And yeah. it, I saw the trailer and I was like, um, I was like, oh, this is like actual real life Cowboys that they're documenting in this like very kind of, it felt like the Yellowstone-ish, but like the real version of Yellowstone. And yeah. I was like, what? Like, it just felt like such nice coincidence that like I had had this like really nice moment spending time with my husband with like this show, bonding over this show. And then like really get it. Like I was like, I was, I was like, and I think also just like the, like I'm trying to get more in touch with my Mexican side. And also like, I haven't, I'm not really like, I haven't ridden a horse and like, you know, I didn't grow up on a ranch and I'm from Texas. So I also feel like in addition to like the Mexican and American, I'm also like trying to find my Texan side. Um, and so it just felt like, hey, I want to go down that rabbit hole too. And there is a, it's so beautiful the way they shot, like they shot a bunch, like at like a bunch of different ranches. Um, and it wasn't like a, I know a lot of like the, it, it was made by some like by co-directors who are in that like I think one was a former rodeo person and like a, a different um like a also like a cowboy or whatever and so it just felt so like it felt like more a day in the life and they would go through these things and it was like no judgment like it was just showing like a way of life that is so different to the way we live mm -hmm. um you know the hardship and like what the what these cowboys do and um, and the culture of that too, like they, they're very well dressed, you know, and it's not just like, it's not the way they depicted, like, it's funny because talking about representation of cowboys, I'm defending them, but like, yeah. um, you know, they also have been portrayed in a certain way where um, like Yellowstone is showing the modern cowboy, like that television show, television show that I think a lot of people don't really know. And I think that's why, especially during COVID times, I guess I was like, man, like that seems like a place I really want to go to right now. Um, just being out in nature and not like, I don't know. It, 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 I think that's why it came at the right time. And then this movie came at the right time 
um, or this documentary did. Um, and I would just, I would just recommend it to people because I think it's nice to kind of, I think a lot of us forget that that's where like a lot of like where we started a little bit, you know, um, yeah. like, and they do hard work and, um, you know, they, I don't know, they don't expect anything in return. And I, I don't know, it's just, it, it's like a, it's a completely different way of life in my eyes. And it's so fascinating to me. And then there were um, ranches in Texas that they highlighted. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to go there. <laughs> so so uh, hopefully uh, maybe after this weird time, uh, kind of go and get in touch with that sort of way of life, which I don't think a lot of people really know about. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That sounds so interesting. And it's on, the, yeah. And it's on wow. VOD. So you can go rent okay. it, I think. Rent it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Actually, my next movie too is going to be a documentary. I, I'm also uh, a wrestling fan. So uh, mm. my next one I is a documentary. Yeah. There we go. Uh, you might, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully maybe you've heard of this one, but this one is about, it's called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. It's oh, about, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, though. Uh, it's about David Arquette, and uh, back in the er, late like early, late 90s, early 2000s, he actually became WCW champion, which is like a big controversial thing that happened because he was not a professional trained wrestler. Mm -hmm. He was only there for, to promote a, pr promote a movie, and he became so hated and blacklisted in, like, Hollywood. He, obviously, he's known for the Scream movies, but we can't – like, he did a lot of roles after it because he just had to take jobs. But seeing him – he's – basically an underdog but in this documentary he decides i'm going to go back into professional wrestling and actually do it right this i've been trained so he actually goes down to mexico in this documentary and gets trained by lucha libres in the film and he actually gets a he actually street fight rest uh, fights on, on the streets of tijuana like at red lights they would red and they go out ask for money too and he gets trained and he he actually had this mask too where they uh, the guy actually gave him a mask like you're going to wear this mask for the fight too and then at the end, at the respect, the main, the trainer, the Lucha, he actually took off his mask. And and that's a big thing, a sign of respect. If you, they take off their mask, they always keep their identity hidden. And so seeing that progression where he, when he first started off, he was like some backyard wrestling where he was got like brutalized because he's a wrestler, diehard wrestlers that didn't like what he did to the business, so quote unquote, the business. But seeing him going from his like training to his big, uh, big, publicized death match that he had where he almost actually almost died in real for real for real and they showed oh, this yeah. fight and uh but seeing that progression from like he's actually a true underdog and he actually fulfilled this dream and they it wasn't just like a david arquette was in this film but they actually got patricia arquette in it and courtney cox was also interviewed mm -hmm. for it too and they actually and rj city was what's one of the the wrestlers actually called them out to have a big publicized like his first big wrestling match so i've seen it twice already I even watched my wife was super interested my brother-in-law was super interested in it but it's one of those movies that to make my top 10 because it was just so like this is so crazy this story is so crazy that it's, it's it's crazy to see like this guy that i just know from scream that he was able to like prove people wrong and actually uh, change people's perspective the people that were outcast like not didn't want anything to do with him actually brought him in with open arms he actually did it right this time so it was like that was pretty awesome um to see. so that's something i would highly recommend if you're a wrestling fan uh you cannot kill david arquette so uh rosa nice well i'll keep the documentary turn going um yes. and uh i'm gonna talk about the first film i ever watched it in at a festival uh in this case which was sundance and I mean, I guess it was meant to be. Uh, my first film ever at a festival was Mucho Mucho Amor. <laughs> uh, the, 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 
the story of, of Walter Mercado, a Puerto Rican astrologer who has been a, a prominent uh, image and, and just a, a figure in, in, in the Latinx community. Um, I personally grew up uh, seeing him on television. Uh, my mom would always be um, daily, on a daily basis, she would be in front of the television, um, waiting for her horoscope, and and just like the the same way it's being depicted uh, in the documentary, we weren't allowed to talk. When he was on screen, we would just solely focused on him and whatever he had to tell us uh, on our horoscope and stuff. Um, so yeah, just to uh, see his story and and see um, everything from from growing up in Puerto Rico and then how he got started in television and then um, eventually he would go on to um, mainstream television and become just an international icon. <laughs> um, sadly, I was not aware of what happened to him. I, I, I mean, watch the documentary, you'll find out. And it, it was very um, eye-opening to me because uh, I just grew up seeing on, on television and then that was it. I just stopped watching TV, so I never knew anything about him. Um, sadly, he passed away uh, a year ago. Uh, he passed away like two, he passed away, the festival was in January and he passed away in November. So just three months after the documentary was, was um, released and uh, everybody th knows that everybody thinks that he already knew what was coming. That's why he allowed the documentary to be made. Uh, but yes, currently it's currently streaming on Netflix. Mucho, mucho amor. Um, the legend of Walter Mercado highly, highly recommended. It. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. That's another one. I, I, I remember my, wife vaguely remembers uh him so it doesn't really it's, that she didn't grow up watching him but she remembers her grandparents talking about oh uh, yeah i definitely have to check that out uh cat how about you what's next for you yeah um i'll go with another documentary um and i i won't it's probably not going to be like on top list or anything but you were talking it, it's like you were you you mentioned that it's like what what which ones resonated with you yeah exactly. um and like i was talking about like my relationship with social media um i saw the social dilemma that was on netflix um and um that one i remember i text russ i was like oh my god um and it yeah it, it 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 really highlighted like a lot of different things in a way that i hadn't thought about before um just in turn and and not just within like your like your specific individual usage but the way like if everyone's on this platform now or like different platforms we're all so anxious we're all just seeing what we want to see mm -hmm. you know like that sort of thing like um it it kind of like speaks to a lot of different things and i was like oh my god like um but then it also i think it i think it did showcase like the good stuff and i think there is a lot of good obviously mm -hmm. i met rosa there um and so I don't want you to think I'm like a negative on, like I love social media. I've been on it since like 2009 or whatever, but I just have like, I guess during this time, it's like um, you see certain things and the negativity and you just question, right? And so this, the reason why I like, like that documentary is it just made you question like, what do you want your relationship to be with this because of this, this and this and like how um, people, people market to you and like, and also like the conscious decision of like, Am I only getting the information that I want to? You know, like I also I think it's good when you don't get stuff that you agree with too. That's how you yeah. grow. And so that also I've been trying to like seek stuff out now, like that is not necessarily um, you know, just a right wide range of things. I think we forget because we forget there's an algorithm like being programmed to us. Um, and so that I don't know, that make, that documentary just will make you think um a lot about um your relationship with social media and like 
I guess, how you might want to move forward. <laughs> but then I forgot about it. I'm like, I'm still doing the same thing, but I'll, I'll probably need to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I would I would highly recommend it if um, you're just curious. Uh, it, it's like an objective view because when you're using it so much, you think you don't have a problem or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's 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 uh, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Netflix does a fantastic job of a lot of their documentaries. Man, they are they are they put out some good ones, like some must see ones. So I definitely have to check that one out as well. Yeah, uh, I'll keep it with Netflix, and this actually is a movie that is probably going to get nominated for Best Animated Feature, and that is going to be Over the Moon. Uh, this the reason why this one speaks to me a lot uh, is because this is actually the very first movie that I got a screening for a screener for was this one I just started, and I got I got three screeners this year, and this is one of them, and the Trial of Chicago Seven was the other one, but. Over the moon for me, I was able to just sit down and enjoy this with my daughter. But I also love like learning, kind of like seeing this culture that I don't know much about, if anything, and seeing them like be brought in, having a cast that is just all like authentic to the, the, that culture, and seeing the story. It's just like the story. It's a very similar story to a lot of the you know animation movies that we have seen before, but. It was done in such a beautiful way, and I love the animation. Was, I love the colors in there too. And I think that's a lot of the songs, the music that we I downloaded on my from iTunes, <laughs> and we listen to them in the car because my daughter will ask for them. And I, I think it's a very interesting film. And I, I I boldly said that this is the best animated feature film of the year. That's without seeing Soul, uh, for me anyway. So um, I I really <laughs> love uh, Over the Moon a lot. I think it's uh, you know it's, it's a story we have it's a familiar story but it's a story that it was a good like kind of gateway into this uh, culture away in a mainstream way as well so i thought that was a very uh, good film and also a little more special because that was my very first screener that i ever got so thank you netflix <laughs> <laughs> but i am sorry to break your heart adam but uh i'm about to talk about the actual best animated film of the year <laughs> and it is hot soul um actually it, for, to me uh that is it's actually wolf walkers uh, oh, I, I forgot about that one yes that, that's the one i've been writing, I'm writing it down i won't forget it now <laughs> yay um oh man i had the opportunity to watch this uh, at the previous uh, festival that i was covering and oh my this is a beautiful film uh, an animation that's rarely rarely utilized um mm -hmm. It's going to be um, coming on, on Apple TV, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's just, it's magical. And, and it just how the, all these fantasies, uh, it's just beautiful, gorgeous to look at. And and the story is, it can be a bit formulaic. It gives you some of this um, brother bear brave vibes, but it somehow finds a way to make it its own unique thing. And and, and it's just, oh man, I, I hope that somehow, some way it, it, it gets um best animated film i highly doubt it though but you know what i, I can dream um but yes no wolf walkers it is certainly a movie i i very much highly recommend everybody to see and yeah and i'm not entirely sure when it comes out um but yes yes definitely watch it it's really 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 good yeah i i totally i yeah, forgot about that one but i <laughs> definitely remember like right when you said it was it's like duh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the next one for you, Kat? Yeah, um, I think one that I enjoyed. I think it was the last one I saw in theaters because I actually got to go like to a press screening. 
um, with very few people, so it was safe. Uh, double masked it, but um, I saw Tenant, <laughs> very much <laughs> the the very loved and hated um, Tenant, um, which I don't. I, I think a lot of that. Um, I kind of like I said. I kind of take out the noise of it um, with around movies because I think that's not part of the actual movie. Um, and I don't know. I like Christopher Nolan. Um, I, I I think. It's funny, I think we're, we talked about it on one of our podcast episodes, but um, it, it seems like sometimes like the thing that a, a director does in the beginning of his career, if he continues or he evolves or whatever, but he still has that same style, it becomes sort of like people get tired of it in a way, um, even though like that's who he is. And so it, to me, I find it a little bit funny that like, that's what you loved about him in the, in the very beginning. And then he's doing the same thing and kind of trying to, you know, like he likes doing that. Um, he's trying to give you this big blockbuster type, you know, crazy thing that makes you think whether you like it or not, it's an event. Um, and I like those kind of movies. I like the big blockbuster movies. Um, and he's not doing anything different than he did before. So I don't know why people, like there was so much kind of um, like animosity towards it. Um, but I can, you know, everyone has their own, own opinion. But in my, I, I remember, I, I think it was, I understood why he wanted you to watch it in the theater. Um, um, I don't think, you know, depending on now it's not appropriate, but like I was there and it might've just been cause I hadn't been in a theater in a long time either. <laughs> but uh, so maybe I got to watch it again later on. But uh, it was just like, I almost wanted to cry just because it was, it felt like, like the sound, like the sound, all the big sound. Yeah. The, all, the, the some of the dialogue was like, I couldn't hear, but like, I don't know. I think it, it it was just it made sense and it didn't make sense. It's sort of like a Kaufman. He he reminds me of Kaufman in a different way, like more in a like he he's doing like the mainstream version of a Kaufman in a way, but in a very but a little bit more pretentious. Like I don't think Kaufman's pretentious. I think yeah, Nolan can be a, can come off that way, but I think he just loves movies a lot too, probably. Um, but yeah, I don't know. All that to say, I really enjoyed it. Um, so it's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one I wish I would have seen in theater too. I haven't seen it quite yet. So that the because up here in Washington we had like our super strict guideline, like the one the theaters weren't even opening, and there's one theater that had it. It was down. It's actually pretty close to me, but I just it was one of those where I couldn't find a weekend to get away to watch the, the three hour movie, uh, and then the drive in that we would go to to go see it, because the, the district wasn't or that county wasn't the theaters the normal theaters weren't open for the county the tenant wasn't able to play on a drive-in because the other theaters surrounding it weren't open because there was like a restriction mm. on that. Movie. So yeah. I was able to see yeah. new mutants because, but not at that drive-in, but not uh tenant, which I was, I've kind of bummed out, but maybe I like. Yeah. New mutants which is, more yeah. Probably. Yeah. And it was funny too, because like in the movie they have the, the mask on and, and I was just like, Oh, this is like really weird too. Cause it's like, I have a mask on too. Um, but I just love that his like sci-fi, uh, his sci-fi version is like very well-dressed suits and stuff and not like the tropey, like we're in space kind of thing. And I don't know, it's like a cool, it's like 007 in, in sci-fi version. I don't know. So I like that. Nice. I, I, I yeah, might lose really followers for that one. <laughs> uh, okay. So the next one that I have is, uh, let, me see, let me double check, make sure. I think it Rosa might've seen, well, actually maybe, I don't know, maybe. Uh, did you guys see Rent a Pal? It's a super like it's a like a horror movie. No. I don't know. Okay, so the, okay, I mean, I said this one. The only this is a super small film 
uh, directed by John Stevenson, and it has Will Wheaton in it. In it, but basically, it's this guy in like I guess the '90s. It's before the internet was really huge, but he would he gets videotapes uh, of like people like from this dating like company i guess like that and has a bunch of video of like the women kind of introducing tell her our hobbies and he would like write on a card if he would like to get in contact with that person and he has to record like his video to do but anyway so he's kind of a depressed guy his mom's kind of suffering from like i guess like dementia and stuff like that too not remembering who he who he is and he goes back to the the dating company to record more footage for a, a new tape or whatever to go out to the different people and he sees this cassette there and it's a called rent the pal and it basically you don't know if the the tapes actually seeing what seeing him through this the screen and i i don't know there was something about that movie that it was just like has gave me a creepy vibe to it that i've i've, I've always thought i've has, has stuck with me and will we was <laughs> like just really weird because uh, the guy would be like sitting there just talking and will Wing's like Oh really, champ? How is like that? And he would respond to him just like like they're having a conversation to his TV, and it's it's so weird. It's like pre like any dating website or app or anything like that, and it's just it's so kind of an interesting glimpse into that little like that piece of like '90s culture, I guess, like that too, with like yeah. the v VHS and stuff. And but Rent a Pal was definitely one of those movies that even my wife uh, was like. Yeah, there was something about that movie that really kind of like creeped us out about it and just stuck with us. So if you kind of wanted like a small indie film that is not really out there too much, uh, Rent a Palace one I was able to rent on Amazon and as it might be an honorable mention or make my top ten of the year because it's just one of those movies that has stuck with me. And also I said that I tweeted the director. The director said thank you so much for uh, checking out our film. So it's another one, another personal connect. That's the first time a director ever tweeted me back. So I was like. There's something about that film I really did like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, we'll, we'll go around one more time because my wife I just got home too, so we'll uh, go one more time around. So, all right, I'll make it quick. Um, I want to talk about a film that's probably in a lot of people's number one spot at the moment. Uh, it's certainly on my top five of the year, and that is Promising Young Woman. Uh, also comes out on on Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. And believe the hype, Carrie Mulligan gives a phenomenal performance in this film. I was rooting, I was cheering, I was finally uh, being heard in some sense <laughs> uh, to, to see a movie uh, that's from the female lens uh, and viewing it myself with the female lens uh, of just of challenging the patriarchy, the, the, the misogynistic uh, mentality that we're so used, that it's so ingrained into our psyche was just freaking fascinating to watch. Um, I love this film. It, it's certainly a movie that has a shocking uh, ending, uh, unexpected, so to say. And it, it's a movie that's certainly going to be controversial for some people, particularly men. Um, but in it's just a movie that... It's so stylistic, and and the, and again, Mulligan is amazing in it. So she elevates the whole film to a whole different level. The soundtrack, I want to get it ASAP. Um, and it's just one of those films that I understand why it was so. I missed it at Sundance, but I was able to see it now. Um, but I understand why it, it had all the hype and and why a lot of people are. It's their number one film of the year. Um, certainly a movie that 
I highly recommend watching, particularly if you're a man, um, because it, it just speaks a lot, you know, about the Me Too movement and, and about consent and about sexual abuse and, and rape and a lot of these topics that don't often get discussed, um, but that deserve to be talked about. So certainly a movie I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, promising young woman is actually part of my triple feature. I'm, I want to have yeah. on Christmas because why I just would wanted to watch that movie. I've heard so many good things about that movie, so definitely gotta check that one out. Uh, Catherine, how about your next one? Yeah, um, I I saw this one earlier in the year, and uh, me and uh, me and Russell have talked about this, but I love period pieces. Um, I love um, I love Jane Austen. Um, I've watched like all the TV series, all the movies. Um, the Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley is one of my favorites. I used to watch that a lot in high school. And so I, as much as I love them, sometimes I'm hesitant with like new um, versions of them, um, especially if you have like in mind um, the others that have been done, right? Um, so I actually put off watching Emma uh, for a while, um, the one with Anya Taylor-Joy. And cause I was thinking like, oh, it's, it, I don't know, from the trailer, I didn't really get like, I, I just thought it was gonna be something else. And I was kind of hesitant about it cause I love period pieces so much. But then when I did finally see it, I was like, why did I wait so long? <laughs> um, it was so good, it was so fun. And especially with that, um, with that genre, it can be hard to bring something new to it sometimes. Um, and I think they, they did a really good job of like doing that through um, like the costuming and, and making it like, feel in that time period, but also being modern. And um, Anya Taylor-Joy is really amazing. And like, she's also in one of my favorite shows, like the, you know, the Queen's Gambit of this year. And so, I don't know, I think, and then of course the big thing for me in those period pieces with Jane Austen is like the love interest. And I fell in love with um, Johnny Flynn. And so I was just like, I don't know, it, it was really surprising. Um, and it was a pleasant surprise um, with um with emma so i um or i don't know if you're supposed to say like emma period or emma whatever <laughs> but um but yeah I, uh, I i love that one um and i actually kind of want to watch it again because i haven't seen it since i watched it earlier in the year um but yeah that's one of my favorites anytime they can get a good period piece in a, in in one year i love it <laughs> yeah, there we go i definitely haven't needed to see that one i haven't seen it quite yet i think uh, one person from our site has seen it so i definitely i've heard good things about that one as well and i love anya taylor joy so she's it's a like i don't know why i haven't watched it yet so uh, <laughs> the last film that i've um want to mention here um there's another one playing on amazon prime it's uncle frank uh with mm. paul bettany and Sophia Lillis. Uh, this is another one that just I recently just watched, and it has I haven't really stopped thinking about it. I think that's mostly because of Paul Bettany has like what he was able to his um, what he went through through the whole film, and you're slowly kind of yeah. learning the peeling the layers back and seeing his relationship with his father, played by Stephen Root, was uh, wow. That was one of the, my oh my goodness like moments of the year. Just like what a heartbreaking thing. Like what brought me to tears, but like he was able to do and the ending was also um, um like the ending is a very kind of true ending there's people that will accept you some people that will not accept you no matter what happens and uh i was also really just glued to like sophia lillis's character and um from this one obviously people are gonna know her from it but uh she was f really good in this movie i i thought she was like one of her favorite performances but the guy uh, the guy who plays uh paul bettany's uh boyfriend or uh is wally uh, i really loved uh, him and he, he's played by uh 
Peter McDizzy. Mac, I'm not probably saying that right. I apologize, but he was just like he gave a different kind of energy and he, he kind of brought some light hardness to the role too, but also just like a charisma that I just like I was like wow I really like that <laughs> like that guy a lot and but the whole film in general I thought I just wanted to see more of it I thought it kind of ended or kind of abruptly just ended at this point it's like well this is my uncle Frank and everybody kind of just at the, like when they are accepting him or not and then just kind of ended I wanted to see more of it actually uh, so that's one movie that I was really thinking about like this like. The, uh, the effects that we can have uh, by judging people too. I just that that's um, kind of a small little film there, but Paul Bettany I think was gave his best performance in that one. So I really I see Uncle Frank. It's streaming for free, so you don't have to pay anything for it. So it's another good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I appreciate all those awesome recommendations. There's some movies I definitely need to check out too. There's so many movies that I, I have missed that I like. Nine Days is another one I want to see that I've heard really good things about. Uh, it's uh, really good. Yeah, uh, Marai with I think it's Mar how you say it, but with Steven Yeun, A24 film that he Minari. Mer, mer, yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> it's really good too. <laughs> Has there any been any movies that you've been really wanting to watch that you haven't seen quite yet? Uh, I have a lot to catch up on. I haven't seen Possessor. I've heard that's really good. Uh, I haven't seen First Cow. I heard that. I don't know what else. Uh, I have screeners for them, but I just haven't had a chance to watch them. Um, The Prom and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, so it, they're eventually going to be coming up. I'll be watching them soon. Uh, but yeah, I think those, those, those are the ones so far that, that mm -hmm. I've been. I, I haven't seen Tenet either, but I'm not in a rush to see it either. So, or New Mutants. I'm just like, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily see New Mutants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think th those are the ones for now. I think First Cow, mm -hmm. uh, whatever is like the Academy Award um, things. And, and since I'm, um, a part of, of several uh, critics, societies, associations, and groups. Um, and, and when it comes time to for our words, there, there's going to be a lot of documentaries and probably foreign films that I need to catch up on. So, yeah. Yeah. I watch, a, I guess I, I've, I've oh, just watched a lot of TV um, this year. Oh, I think it was like delayed a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I watch a lot of, oh. uh, I've been watching a lot of TV. Um, Russell knows this, <laughs> um, but uh, so I need to catch up on a lot of the movies um, and I I don't know, there's a lot that I need to see. Um, so I, I I really, I do want to see Promising Young Woman. I want to see um, uh, Minari. Um, yeah, I think there's just uh, so many, but I'm going to kind of put a pause on it just because I want to watch the holiday movies. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm moving, I'm moving into a house in two weeks. So I'm also going to be like kind of, ah. but then we're getting a TV. So on Christmas day, I, like a bigger TV, I, uh, we're going to, I'll be watching all those movies. So, there we go. so that HBO announcement, I was like, yeah, I do need to buy that 85 inch TV. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have, yeah. yeah that, but, that, that, that talks about some controversy on, uh, on uh, Twitter about that, huh? <laughs> that, that was, uh, that was a fun scrolling through after Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers made that announcement. But anyway, 
that's a conversation for a different time. Uh, yeah. anyway, we'll, we'll wrap it up right there, guys. But I really do appreciate you guys taking some time out of your evening and um, talking movies with us and can, can get your uh, your journey into your podcasting uh, world and also talking about some awesome, giving us some awesome recommendations as well. Yes, thanks for having oh. us on. I hope I didn't ramble too much. No, <laughs> I, I like rambling. It's all good. Uh, can we get like what? What's your kind of your next episode? So we can be looking out for that for on Latin excellence. Yeah, we're gonna have um, a release our episode. It was our first TV episode that we dedicated um, just to one show, which is The Crown season four. Mm -hmm. um, like I talked about, we love period pieces. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like one where we got to geek out on because that was something that we had talked about early on when we um, got together and, but we just never had a chance to um, like do anything like that. And then um, that came out and we were like, yes. So we really talked a lot about that for like an hour and a half. Um, and then we're gonna be doing a top 10 um, like TV shows and uh, movies episode that will end our year. And um, then we'll start again next year. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Oh no! Oh, sorry. And then oh, I cool. forgot. We're doing. Uh, we're we're doing Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We're I'm covering... looking forward to that one. Yeah. So I'm actually excited to talk um, to um, Rosa about that. So we're doing. Um, I guess the unofficial trilogy, right? Chronos, uh, um, The Devil's Backbone, and then uh, Pan's Labyrinth. And I hadn't seen the first two. I'm a big fan, but I had just hadn't seen the early ones. So I saw them, and I was like, Oh my god. I love him even more. So <laughs> we'll we'll kind of go into that. So those are we're, yeah three episodes that are coming out. Um, and then we'll be done with 2020. Awesome, that's awesome. And I'll make sure to leave the links to your guys' podcast and your social medias down in the show notes of this video as well as podcast podcast episodes. So make sure you guys head over and share some love to Rosa and Cat and Latin mm -hmm. Excellence. So. Huge shout out to Latin Excellence once again for being on the show and being part of the podcast. Really love talking to Rose and Kat here. I learned so much and it was also just fun talking movies with people too. So I'm really excited for that. Also be on the lookout, the Almost Sideways Movie Podcast with Terry, Zach, and Todd will be back soon. They are going to count down the top five best war movies of the 2010s, 2019, or 2010 to 2019. It's a really fun list to put together. I knew right away which ones are going to be on my top five. The honorable mentions were fun to come up with as well. I think on that episode, too, they're also going to review Sound of Metal and Mank on Netflix. Uh, David Fincher film there. I thought that movie was just okay. So I, th I saw it. It's a good movie, but just okay. Uh, but anyway, I look forward to their thoughts on the upcoming show. I believe Todd is reviewing, uh, re going to re uh, review a Netflix movie, uh, this military navy boat <laughs> navy movie so i'm not forget the name it's really long but anyway uh without further ado right, guys i'm gonna uh, bail out of this conversation right now and we'll see you next time i guess i should promote next week's episode too i already have it planned uh, we're gonna be actually do this live on youtube i figure this is a good conversation for more people to be involved so if you guys are listening to this right now check the show notes down below head over on youtube and subscribe there because i will be doing a live show live podcast episode next week and then we're gonna be counting down the top the uh, top 10 PlayStation 4 games because PlayStation 5 just came out. Look, time, good, good time to look back at the old last generation. I will be joined by two people that have been on the podcast already before, Lucy Reed, a.k.a. LudyXP on YouTube, and Adam McDermott, both PlayStation people, and they are uh, great uh, YouTubers as well, and so it would be fun. Oh, we 
really cool list. We put gave each gave our ten top tens, and I we ranked them and we combined them. They don't know the top ten yes list yet, so it's gonna be fun to uh, reveal that to them. And yeah, so it'll be fun. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Till next time, see you later.